Well, happy Easter. We are so glad you're here this morning. We're so glad you're watching online that you chose to spend Easter, a little part of your Easter here this morning. It's really important. And if you're wondering um, what's Easter all about, if it's more than just uh, getting eggs and baskets and candy, uh, yes, there is more to that. We'll be talking about that today. If you ever wonder why the church exists, the church exists because of Easter. Because of what happened on Easter and what Jesus did is the whole reason it exists. And this morning, I hope that you'll just consider taking a walk along with a couple of followers of Jesus as they consider what this Sunday means, what this resurrection day means. What does it mean that the tomb is empty? What does it mean? Because they had lots of questions. It's, it's not what you think it would be when you start reading one of these narratives and you start looking at what happened that day. So we're going to be looking at that, just what happened. And hopefully, you'll just walk away with questions. You have questions, that's great. That's what we want you to do. Consider some things about Easter that perhaps you never considered at all before as you take a walk with Jesus and a couple of his followers that day who are trying to figure out what Easter is all about. What is this resurrection day all about? And we're going to take our scripture from the book of Luke, Luke records this for us so that we would have it years and years later and we would be able to read this story and kind of go, what in the world is going on? So here we go. Now that very day, so they're talking the first day of the week, which is Sunday in the Jewish world. So that's their first day of the week. It's Sunday. They had just received a report and we're going to see that in a moment. And now they're leaving because they don't know what happened. So they're going back home to of the bigger followers of Jesus. What do I mean by bigger followers? Outside of his group of 12. That's what we're told. Now that day there were two of them on their way to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Now, that's, you know, they walk just about everywhere. So seven miles away, I don't know, um, Shady Oaks Golf Course. I got to go with something I know, okay? Uh, that's a little less than seven miles, but just think about how far it is to Ackworth, to the golf course, uh, go north of town a little bit uh, to Banner, that area, you get about seven miles. So they leave and they walk and they're heading out for seven miles, just going, what happened? What's going on? We don't know what's taking place. And they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. They had lots of questions. They didn't know what it means. They had no idea, okay? So if you're in that boat, you're in great company. The first people who followed Jesus on that resurrection and walked away and go, I don't know, do you know what happened? I don't know what happened. I have no idea. And they had lots of questions. And they weren't sure what took place. So while they were talking, debating things, Jesus himself approached them and began to accompany them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. I have no idea why this happens. This doesn't just happen to these two disciples. This happens to other people. Whether their last picture of Jesus was hanging on the cross, and that's the last image they have, they didn't, they didn't know. I mean, I'm just not thinking he'd be walking on the road with us. So something allowed them not to be able to recognize him, not to be able to see who he was. So they just think, well, this guy's a stranger. We're just going to start talking to him. We're going to ask him about some things, and we're going to see what he knows. So they said to him, what are all the things, Jesus says to them, what are all the things you're discussing so intently as you're walking along? Because they're just in this huge conversation. We don't know what happened. He was on the cross. We put him in the tomb. 
They told us the tomb is empty. We have no idea what that means. Okay? We have no idea what that means. And they're just talking about all that happened and all that took place. And as they stood still looking at them, one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things have happened there in these days? Can I just translate that for us a little bit in our 2022 world? Where have you been? Did you get banned from Twitter too? Okay. Uh, do you not know what's been happening? Haven't you seen all the tweets? Hasn't your Facebook wall just been blown up with posts about there's a tomb and it's empty? Where have you been? Where have you been? What, what's, don't you know what's going on? That's, that's what they were doing. They said, everybody's talking about this. Everybody experienced this. Everybody saw this. What in the world happened? And he said to them, what things? And he said, the things concerning Jesus the Nazarene. We have no idea what what happened? A man. This is their description of Jesus. This is really important. Who do they believe Jesus is? That's a question all of us have to wrestle with. And especially on Easter, it's a great question to begin to wrestle with. A man with his powerful deeds and words proved to be a prophet before God and all the people. That's who they believe Jesus is. And how our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified. I mean, he was a prophet. He did some amazing, incredible things. We were followers of him. And then all of a sudden, the chief priests, the leaders, they, they needed him gone. And so they staged everything. They brought in false witnesses. They did everything they could to make sure Rome would take him and crucify him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Now, we can just pause right here for a moment. This is their biggest struggle on the road. What they hoped for didn't happen. They had gone in just the Sunday before that. We, we talked about this a little bit last week, and you can look it up and, and, and follow us with it. That Palm Sunday, they come in, and it's Hoshina, save us, redeem us. Take it all back. It was triumphal. It was an entry. It was, we're going to kick Rome out. We're in charge. This is going to be great. And it ended with his crucifixion. And they're going, this, this is not how, how it was supposed to go. This is not how it was supposed to go. This was not the plan at the beginning of the week. The plan was kick Rome out. We're in charge again. This is great. And that didn't happen. What did you hope for? See, in the, in the words of the great prophet, I don't know if anybody's called him that, Mike Tyson, who said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Can I tell you that's exactly what happened to these followers? They had a great plan. We're going to take over. We're going to be in charge. We get to kick Rome out. We get to take all those Roman soldiers and throw them right out of the temple. This is going to be great. And they had a plan until they got punched in the mouth. And then what are they going to do? All the things they hoped for just didn't happen. Some of you are there. Some of you watching, you've been there. You're there right now, and you don't know what to do because everything you planned for your life, everything that was supposed to fit together just perfect, I'm going to go to this school, I'm going to get this job, I'm going to go into this field, I'm going to get this, I'm going to marry this person, and it's all going to be perfect. And that was a great plan, and you got punched in the mouth because life loves to do that. And then you didn't know what to do because everything just got changed. Everything got changed. Everything got changed for you. And you don't know what to do. 
And part of this, you had hoped. You had even hoped Jesus would help put all your plans together in a nice little row. And that didn't happen. And let's be honest, you're struggling with who Jesus is because of what has happened in your own life. What did you hope? What was your plan? Because that's what they're wrestling with that day. Their great plan didn't happen. And they don't know what to do with that. And so many people, so many of you, we could just talk and we could have a conversation. You would tell us, you had a great plan. And all of a sudden, life happens. And it didn't happen. And you don't know what to do with that. You've stayed away. You've wrestled with opening your Bible. You don't know what to believe this God will do for you. You, you don't believe he even loves you anymore because of what happened in your life. So I just want to acknowledge that's okay to be in that place. These two guys were followers. These two individuals, they're followers. They were with him all the time. And they walked away going, I, I don't know, that, that wasn't the plan. We don't know what to do. Not only this, they, they add to this, but it's now the third day since this happened, okay? It was bad after he was crucified. We didn't know what to do. We just kind of huddled together and said, what are we going to do now? Everything changed. But now it's been three days. Furthermore, some of the women in our group, they amazed us because they were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back and said they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of us who were with us went to the tomb and found it just like they said, but they did not see him. They didn't see him. We, we went there, and we don't know what to make of it. Can I just tell you, somebody really incredibly smart, sad, another pastor, nobody expected nobody. They all thought it was over. This is really important. Because you'd write this story different. Oh, of course we did. We were outside the tomb on Sunday morning. Man, we were pumping it up. And, and we, had, we had the music cranking. We did a countdown uh, starting at 10. And it was great because we knew when it hit zero, the stone was coming away. Jesus was coming out. No. No, that's not what they thought. So you can understand these narratives. These are people who just said, we don't know what's going to happen. And we went there. And... We don't even know what's happened. There's nobody in the tomb. And you've got to understand, they're not walking around proclaiming he's risen. They're going, what happened? We don't know. We have no idea what happens. So he said to them, you foolish people, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I need to stop here because sometimes we read, uh, we read emotion into words that aren't there. You ever done that? You get a text from somebody and go, why are you mad at me? Uh, well, I just typed some words. Why, why, why am I angry? Because we put emotion into the words. And it's very easy sometimes with Scripture, we, we read emotion. into. we read Jesus almost looking down going, you idiots, what are you doing? Why, why, why are you being fools? Why? It's just, don't read it that way. Read it, the other, that other little section. How slow to believe this. Because then I think we can all identify with this. We have portions of scripture and we've all read stuff. It's shown up in our Bible plan and we're like, oh, that's nice. I don't know if I'm ready to fully embrace all of that. You can just be honest this morning. 
Sometimes we read scripture and we're not fully ready to embrace everything that it says. Let me give you an example this morning that might help some of you. This is from Psalms. If you've ever read this, how many are your works, Lord, in wisdom you made them all. For anybody here who's ever struggled with identity and who you are, and you have struggled with that, you have struggled with um, who you are, and you be honest at times, your self-talk gets pretty negative about yourself. You're pretty hard on yourself. Let me tell you why this verse is really, really important. Because it says that everything God made, he made in wisdom. He made in wisdom. So he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes. He didn't go, oh, sorry, I messed up on you. Whoops. He didn't do that. He didn't do that, which is really important. That means that if I can find a way to embrace the scripture, it'll help me when my self-talk gets very negative about myself. And I start being really hard on myself and down on myself and thinking, God, why, why would, you know, you, you can't love me. You can't love me. Now I do that, I need this verse. Because it says in wisdom, God made everything. Everything is you, if you didn't know that, okay? Uh, you are included in everything. Your works, all of them, all of them were made in wisdom. Which means all the verses that you struggle with at times to believe, you have to believe it. Receive it. It's for me. Sometimes you just have to meditate on it. I need to memorize this and I need to think about this throughout the day. Especially in those moments where I mess up and I get really hard on myself. I need to meditate on it. And then I need to declare it over myself. I need to declare it over me. That is true. God doesn't make a mistake. He has created me in wisdom. You see? works, I just start declaring that over me because God declares it over me. That's what was going on that day. Jesus goes, why is it so hard for you to believe? And then what he does is amazing. He just starts talking to them. He said, wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, you've got to understand, he's going to meet them where they are, beginning with Moses and all the prophets. That's where they are, okay? They are all Jewish. They all grew up in synagogue. They all grew up memorizing what is our Old Testament, okay? That's what you did. You didn't have copies laying around. You didn't have it on your phone. You had to memorize it, and all of them did it. All of them did it. Some of them did it to a further extent. Some of them put it in different um, ways for them to remember it, but that's what they all did. So their context and their place is this. So guess what Jesus does with them? Oh, you want to talk about this? Let's talk about this. So beginning with Moses, which is the first five books in in our Old Testament, beginning with that, he began to interpret them, all the things that were written about himself in all of the scriptures. Do you know that God still does that? I was just reading a story recently of a rabbi who grew up in a Jewish home, had a friend of his when he was a teenager call him up and say, you know, you really know so much about the text. Could you tell me if I'm reading you a passage, if it's from the Old Testament or the New Testament? And he goes, well, of course I can, because anything in the New Testament is about Jesus. So I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Go ahead. So he begins to read him scripture. Ah, New Testament, Old Testament. 
And then he reads, his friend reads for him Isaiah 53. And he goes, that's easy. It's about Jesus. It's in the New Testament. And he goes, no, it's not. It's Isaiah 53. And Rabbi Jason, I hope I get the last name right, Sobel, will tell you that started something that day in him. So what he did, as he grew up doing, was search from Moses, which means Genesis chapter 3, the first mention of the Messiah after the fall, going through all of that, going, oh my goodness, how did I miss this? And began to see it unfold before him. And follows Jesus, calls himself a messianic Jew because he follows Jesus now. That's where God met him. In the scripture that he grew up learning and he walked him through all of it. And that is how he found out who Jesus was and started following him. That's what Jesus does. He meets us where we are and he leads us to him. So that might not be you. Okay, you, you might not own one of these. Yes, we can download them to our phones, but you may never have opened this. This might not be where Jesus meets you, okay? This might not be where Jesus meets you. Jesus meeting a lot of people right now, if you want to look up something, okay? If you're a visual type person, you might look up the series called The Chosen. Because let me tell you right now, God's meeting a whole lot of people in that series because they're seeing something different than they've always thought about scripture, about Jesus, about who he is. And it's caused them to go, wait a minute. That doesn't look like the Jesus I've been told about. That doesn't look like Jesus that I've been told hates me, um, all, all this stuff. That doesn't look like that Jesus. And it causes them to go and explore and investigate, and they find Jesus for themselves. Jesus loves to do that, to meet people where they are and bring them to him. By the way, he did this in here as well. If you've ever read the story in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, about these individuals called Magi, okay? Do, do, you, do you know what God used for them? The very thing they studied all the time, the stars. And they're looking up and going, something weird happening here. And according to everything we know, it means there is someone born who is king of the Jews. And God takes them in that moment from seeing stars to traveling all the way to Bethlehem to worship this child. God takes them where they are and always brings them to themselves. If you will give them a chance, Jesus would love to meet you where you are, where you're at, what is happening in your life, and it's going to look different because you might not have grown up, okay, memorizing scripture, having a Bible in your house, which is fine. Let Jesus meet you where you are. And just start investigating for yourself. And watch as he desires just to lead you to him because of how much he loves you and cares for you and has done for you. But here's the question this morning. Who is this man? Ultimately, they recognize him when he breaks bread before them and he prays over it. And they're like, oh. He's alive, and they go back and they tell the disciples, and that begins a chain reaction of so much that happens, and we are on the other side of all of that history, and it's absolutely amazing what Jesus has done. This is the question we wrestle with every Easter. We should wrestle with it more, 
And really, you have three choices this morning. Three choices, as put together by a guy by the name of Lee Strobel, who did an incredible job with this. He is either a lunatic. I mean, he, he was crazy enough that he thought himself to be God. I mean, he's just crazy. Because, because that, that, you know, wouldn't we think of someone that way? Someone got on the news today and say, by the way, I am Jesus. We'd go, are you not? Of course you're not. Okay? We'd be skeptical too. We would think they're a lunatic. They're crazy. He's either a lunatic or, number two, he's a liar. He's just a liar. He just came to deceive everybody. He just did things and made sure everybody understood who he was and just lied, 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 lied. Got disciples together and lied to them, just lied. Or, or, he is Lord. That's a choice nobody else can make for you. You have to think about and make for yourself. But there's your options. Because Jesus didn't leave us any room to just say he was a good guy. He just didn't leave us that room. Just to dismiss him as a good person a good prophet, a nice, nice person, someone we'd, we, we'd nominate for sainthood, okay? Um, that type of person. We'd give the Nobel Peace Prize to them. He just didn't leave us that option to do that. He did too many things. He said too many things. He performed too many things. And on top of it all, his grave is empty. So he's either a lunatic, he's either a liar, or he is Lord. That's what all of us get to wrestle with on Easter. That's what we all get to wrestle with. Which one is he? Which one do you believe that he is? And every Easter is a great day. If you didn't know, there's a great day. It's a great day to wrestle with that question. What you believe, why do you believe it, and what difference does it make? I realize that when you come to the conclusion that I've come to, that others in this room have come to, that he is Lord, I understand it changes a lot. That means, well, this word is true, and I've got to follow it. I have to do what God tells me to do. Because now he's Lord. Now he's in charge. He's in control. That means he, he, that means he interferes at times. Like he tells me what to do with money. Like, I have enough problem with money, right? Have somebody else tell you what to do with it? But, but, but I, I'm supposed to give? I'm supposed to be generous? Then all of a sudden he tells me what relationships look like? All of a sudden this affects everything. So it's a big question. You ought to take some time. You ought to think about it. You ought to wrestle with it. Most of you know people who have already made that decision that he is their Lord. You might ask your questions to him. Because most people love it when you ask them questions. Because that means you're exploring. You're looking into it. You're considering who Jesus is. I'm just going to encourage you, just wrestle with that question. Just think about it today. Think about who he really is. And whatever your conclusion, then how does that affect your life? And what maybe needs to change? What needs to be different? what directions you need to go into, because it just affects everything. See, Jesus invites us to come and follow and see who he is, and you decide.
That's what he did with his disciples. He had one who's like, uh, nothing good can come from Nazareth. Nothing. No way you're, there's no way this guy's from Nazareth if he's the Messiah. And you know, you know what the other disciples said to him who said that? He just said, you see. I think he is. You come and see. And you know what he concluded after he came and saw? Oh, yeah, he is. He is the one that we have been waiting for because that's what Jesus just does. Invites us to come, walk alongside of him, and then make a decision for ourselves. Who you say he is? That's just the question I want to leave you with this morning. Who do you say he is? Nobody, no input from it, just, just think about that. Who do you say that he is? And I want to pray for us this morning that we would just be honest because sometimes, come on, sometimes we lie to ourselves to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. You don't have to do that here. Don't lie to yourself, even if the truth will make you feel bad about yourself. It's okay. Who do you say he is? What does that mean for your life going forward from this Easter? And I just want to pray for you that you would ask God to help you to be incredibly honest about that question. That you would, if you have questions, you would ask somebody. You would ask somebody. You can always ask me. You can always email me. I realize you probably think, well, Ed, you're a little intimidating. You probably know too much, okay? Probably do. Okay? So find someone you think is less intimidating that you can just sit down and have coffee with and say, okay, I got lots of questions. Go for it. Because most people will love it that you have questions. And they'll, you know, we might not have all the answers to all your questions. But we certainly can help you understand who Jesus is and start following him and watch as he helps us understand fully who he is and what that means for our life. So let me pray for us this morning. We're going to sing uh, one more time. Death was a death was arrested. Great song to just celebrate uh, this Easter Sunday and celebrate Him as Lord. Let me just pray for us this morning, and we're going to worship together. Father, this morning for people in the room and for people watching, whether watching live or watching later, this is a big question. If we'll be honest, we've kind of masked things over because it's, the story is so true for us. We got punched in the mouth, and our plans got messed up, and it shook something foundationally about who we think you are. And so, Father, I just asked this morning you would help us because a lot of times we get punched in the mouth, we walk out of the church, and we don't return. We push you away not to come back. May this Easter we come back to God who loves us. May we consider who you are. Father, maybe it's the first time. We, we have no idea who you are. Just give us a hunger to check it out and to investigate and to ask questions. Because we all have to decide whether you are a lunatic, you are a liar, or you are Lord. Nobody else can make that decision for us. It is ours to own and ours to do. And may 
we do just that. So would you help us to wrestle with this question? As we stand up now and declare that death was arrested, we, do, we just celebrate because the empty tomb means so much for our lives. And it gives us hope where hope has been taken away. So we celebrate, we rejoice, we thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to let you know that while we're they're singing the final song, over in this corner our prayer team is, and you can uh, talk with them. They'd love to pray with you. I uh, encourage you throughout anything that you do something with the sermon or could not, and then um, we'd encourage you to do that. So if you'd stand, we're going to sing this song.